0: Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you
1: enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. Good morning, church. It's so good to be with you today. I want you to stay in this atmosphere of worship that we are in right now. Thank you, band, for just leading us up to the throne of God and giving us such an intimate moment to worship even as we're all spread apart. I believe this is so purposeful and I want to tell you that God gave me a what I believe is a prophetic declaration for our church for all of us. A family of Jesus that has come together and when I read this I feel like you're going to kind of understand why I keep saying on social media this week that I feel it in my bones. Like I feel this, this fire in this, this sort of yesterday when I was reading through it, I couldn't stop shaking because of the intimacy of God to us. And Phil um, didn't know anything about this word that God had given me, and he scheduled this song to be played today. And I just want you for a moment... To just, to just close your eyes and let the Holy Spirit's presence fill your homes, fill your kitchens and your living rooms and your bedrooms, wherever you're watching. I just want you to ignore the fact that you're watching on a screen, that I'm up here talking, and I want the Holy Spirit to just begin to minister to your soul. And so I want to read this over all of you, all of us. And I want you to soak in his presence. This is a prophetic declaration over our church, over our people. He is for you. His favor is upon you. His favor is upon your children. He is asking you right now to surrender to him. There is healing here today for your family. I heard, there is healing for your family. He is for you. He is pouring out healing today. This feels awkward. He says, that's okay. Step into the awkward. Your families are together. This is on purpose. Your children need to see your surrender. They need to see your humility before God. Your own surrender will propel your children's surrender to the Lord. There is healing here today. God is restoring the family unit today. God is healing marriages today. I hear a great sound of rejoicing in the heavens as people right now are stepping into the awkward and the uncomfortable and they're surrendering to their father. I hear the Lord saying, I've sent you into your homes to take away the pretense of following me. It's easy to kneel before me when you're in front of people and you get noticed for it. But will you kneel before me and surrender in your living rooms, in the awkward, in front of your spouse who knows all of your failures, in front of your children who will follow your lead? Will you kneel before me and surrender when no one else sees? I have called you into your homes to show you what matters to me. I want your hearts. I no longer want any pretense. The prophet Amos said this to the people of ancient Israel. I hate all your show and pretense the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and your solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away, away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice and endless river of righteous living. The Lord is saying to us, to us, to you today, I want your surrender. I no longer want your pretense. But how can I heal you when you've let everything else occupy your lives? How can I restore you when you've placed me beneath so many other things? How can I prosper you when you don't fully trust me? The Lord is saying, I have this good land for you to occupy. I have freedom and joy and healing to pour out upon you. I want to occupy your hearts. I want to occupy your homes. I want to occupy your families. I want to occupy your marriages. I want to occupy your soul. I am for you. I am for your family. And there is healing here in your home right now. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus,
0: Jesus. Heavenly Father, bring us to a place of healing this morning, Lord. Lord, that we may see the land of the living. Bring dry bones to life this morning, Lord. Would your spirit invade living rooms and kitchens and bedrooms and hallways this morning, God. All the empty places, Lord, your spirit can fill. Lord, you're showing me people. You're showing me people that are watching right now that are in need of healing. (laughs) I see a young mom with a little baby in bed with a laptop right now watching. And I say to you, you do not have to live with postpartum depression. Just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. You don't have to to settle for postpartum depression. You don't have to settle for less than abundant living. And so I break that depression off you now by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blood that Jesus shed on the cross so that we could live restored so that we could live fully redeemed. He didn't shed his blood so that we could live settled lives, so that we could live for less than. He said, I came so that you would have life, and life abundantly. I see men that are watching right now that are suffering from extreme insecurity, anxiety, stress, and they don't even know why. And the Lord is saying, because... You've tied your identity to your job performance. You've tied your identity to how you perform. You've tied your identity to what you can bring to the table. And the Lord is saying, I am restoring you as a son. I am restoring you as sons, as brothers, as fathers, as friends, first and foremost. And so there's no need for insecurity. He's stripping that off now. He's stripping that off now and he is bringing confidence forward in you. He is restoring your mind to full health. He's giving you everything that you need to care for your family and lead your families in this time. He is your father. He is your leader. You have him to rely on. You have him to lean on. I thank you Father for bringing healing to these men who feel so helpless and hopeless in these situations Lord whether they're losing income or they're stressed because they're having to work much harder than they had before but they're not seeing the fruits Lord they're not seeing the fruits of all that labor Lord would you give them a glimpse of how proud you are of those men right now in this moment would you give them a glimpse of just the the smile that is on your face as you're looking at them now and and just just how full of joy you are when you see them because they are stepping into a new realm. They're stepping into a new new authority, Lord. You're giving them new authority as they break off those old patterns. As they break off those old patterns that they inherited from their fathers, Lord. You're giving them new authority. You're giving them new talents and new skills to raise their children, to lead their wives, to be a good friend. Thank you, Lord. I see women and couples in in their living rooms right now who've been trying to get pregnant. And whether it's six months or a year you've been trying or three years or seven years you've been trying or more, I wanna tell you you're not alone. And the Lord told me to do this a few months ago and I didn't listen to him. <laughs> and I felt like now is the time to be obedient. That's my desire too. My husband and I have been trying for three years to get pregnant. I actually think it was it's three years this weekend we started trying. <laughs> And it's something that I've chosen to keep very private. Because I didn't want to fall into a stereotype, you know. I didn't want to be labeled not fertile or be looked at a certain way. I didn't want people to tiptoe around me. And I'm learning. (laughs) I'm learning the Lord wants me to live and he wants you to live in this tension of, joyful surrender, that our plans are so much weaker than his plans, and yet he wants us to also actively intercede to see our promises come to life. And there's a tension that comes when we release control and we choose to live free, free of the burden of our own timelines or the timelines of other people that we're looking at, And there's also an authority that comes when we take hold of the promise that we know the Lord has given us to be able to bear children. And we speak into that promise. We pray that promise into existence. His word says that, that children are a blessing from the Lord. And I believe that the Lord wants to bless you and me with children this morning. Those of you who are watching, who feel so hopeless right now, you know, every month you you feel that hopelessness. The Lord is saying to you, he wants to give you children. And it is your responsibility, it is your responsibility to pray for those children. It is your responsibility as a woman of God, as a man of God who desires to see the promises of the Lord fulfilled in their lives. It is your role to intercede on that. It is your role to step into that gap As a prayer warrior, as a child of God, as a Christ follower, as one who is seated in heavenly places, has nothing, nothing that can touch them because the blood of Jesus covers them. You have the authority to come to the Lord and ask and seek. But it comes with full surrender first. We have to fully surrender first. It comes with a release of control. And that's whatever whatever it is that you're seeking answers in. It could, it could be something totally different than desiring a family. You, you could be seeking answers in a job change, in a geographical move. You're seeking clarity and answers for whether or not you should move somewhere. It comes first with surrender that's how we approach the throne of grace with surrender lord so lord i pray now that those who are stuck in the middle who don't see the end yet who've taken a step forward of obedience who've taken a risk who've who've walked forward and stepped into a calling or or felt like they were supposed to do something, but they're stuck in the middle. They don't see the fruit yet. They don't see the conclusion. They don't see the door being opened. They don't see the answers to the prayers they've been praying, God. I pray that you would release an extreme grace and favor in this moment now to hear the prayers of the saints, to hear the prayers of your people. Would you turn your ear to hear the prayers of your people and would we as your people, Lord, humble ourselves enough to say not our will, Lord, but yours. Because we know that yours is good and perfect and pleasing. It glorifies your name and not our name. And there are some things in our lives now that we need to sacrifice because we have been either held on to it or have been working towards something to glorify ourselves. And the Lord is saying, drop it. I am the one who deserves glory in your life. Those things that we thought we deserved (laughs) could be a wedding that was postponed, could be a trip that was canceled that we were really looking forward to, could have been a party celebration, something that we don't have the option of doing anymore. And we say, but we deserve that. I earned that trip. I paid for all of this stuff and now I don't get to use it. All of that created entitlement in us. And the Lord's taking it all away. He's taking it all away. The entitlement, the self glorification, the self exaltation. He's stripping us, he's purifying us to come out of the other side more glorified, more bright more purified, more sanctified, more redeemed, more whole, more victorious than the church has ever been, ever been before. And so Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the healing that is taking place now in people's hearts and minds. And I thank you for the promises that you are going to fill in each and every one of us. I thank you for the word that you're delivering this morning. And the victory that will come from it. The territory that we will take back. The devil has no hold, no authority, no place. In this room, or in the rooms of the people watching. And I plead the blood of Jesus over those rooms now. Protection. Peace. And joy. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
1: Whew. That's a way to start a Sunday morning, right? Thank you, Blake, for sharing your heart. And Isaac, thank you for being vulnerable to share. You know, it's so true that when we are vulnerable with one another, when we share the things that we are struggling with, other people then feel the freedom to say, hey, I'm going through that, too. I'm hurting here, too. And what a joy it is that we have a community, even though we're all spread out, we have a community of people that we can do that with. So I have a word from God that I cannot wait to give you. Um, On April 29th, 2019, one year ago this week, I was reading through my Bible chronologically for the year, and I was in the book of Deuteronomy. And God highlighted something from me that I want to share with you today. So if you have your Bibles and you're at home, so I know you have them somewhere, whether they be electronic or like me, you like your good old-fashioned printed Bible, I want you to grab it and I want you to turn to Deuteronomy, the first chapter. Now, the book of Deuteronomy is actually the last of the scriptures that Moses wrote He wrote all of the other books before Deuteronomy, and it's kind of um, a a review of what the people of Israel had gone through up to that point. It's essentially Moses' last dance. Isaac, I threw that one in there for you. Now, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm going to take it because what we are not lacking right now is time. And so I'm going to use this time to share this thought that I had with you. Last week, we were watching this incredible um, documentary about Michael Jordan. Who else watched it? Yeah. So we were watching this documentary about Michael Jordan's last dance. And Chris and I, we were mesmerized. We were like, wow. Wow remember that game or do, can you believe he made that shot he could make that shot look at him fly through the air like we were just going back and forth so captured by how good he actually was and our son Bennett was sitting next to us on the couch and he had his phone on him sorry Benny I'm throwing you under the bus just a little bit right now and we kept saying Benny are you watching this isn't this amazing amazing Chris kept saying, Benny, are you watching? Did you see that? And his response was, eh. Back to his phone. And we were like, what is happening? But it got me thinking. See, Chris and I remember the experience of watching Michael Jordan and the Bulls play. We remember what it was like to sit in front of our TVs and watch the Bulls win again and again and again. We remember the feeling it gave us when we'd watch him fly through the air and do these superhuman dunks that no one else had ever done before. We remember how it made us feel. See, we had an experience which propelled our intrigue and our feelings over this documentary even more than 20 years later. Bennett, on the other hand, didn't really value The Last Dance because he hadn't experienced it in person. To him, Michael Jordan was just a really, really good basketball player that was old and he had never seen play. Chris and I valued it because we had had the experience. I think that so often people discount a move of God or a manifestation of the Holy Spirit because they say, well, that was emotionally driven or that was contrived or you just played the music, Phil, just the right speed and you, you made it louder than softer, David, so that we would feel something different. Let me tell you, in the studio, we can't hear anything when we're singing. There's no emotional contriving happening. All we have is the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts as we surrender to him. I think the reality is that people dismiss A manifestation of the Holy Spirit because they have not had their own experience with the Holy Spirit. And therefore, they don't understand it or they don't value it. Just like Bennett did not understand or value Michael Jordan's last dance. But Jesus wants to change that. He wants you. I'm talking to you right now who's watching me on your screen. He wants you to have an encounter or an experience with him that will forever change you. See, watching Michael Jordan play basketball forever changed the way that those of us in that era feel about basketball. And having a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit that you can't even explain will forever change you and how you communicate with Jesus. It will change the way you talk to him. It will change the way you read the Bible. Listen, it'll change the way you ask questions of him and of others. You will want more of it. You won't care how foolish you look or how foolish it sounds. You will just want to experience his presence again and again and again. And Jesus so wants to meet with each of us. Earlier this week, I heard the Lord say to me, Start your message with intercessory prayer over my people because I want to meet with them and I want to heal them. And to be honest, I was like, oh man, I really don't want to do that, Lord. Intercessory prayer through a screen just feels a little too hard, it just feels a little too awkward. Where are people going to think in their living rooms? When we're asking them to get on their knees and enter the awkward and surrender. But because I've experienced encounters with the Holy Spirit that have forever changed me, I knew we had to go there. So now I've given you lots of time to get your Bibles. So we're going to go back to Deuteronomy. Moses has led the people out of Egypt where they were slaves and he has faithfully led them through ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs again and again and again for 40 years. And the people of Israel, okay, so they are camped out on the one side of the Jordan River. The Jordan River is flowing and they're on the one side of it. And they're just outside of the land that God has promised to give them. The land that he's promised is just across the river. They can almost taste the milk and honey. It's their promised land. And Moses, he's getting up there in years, and it's almost time for him to die. And so Moses has sent some scouts to look over the new land, and they come back with a report. And I'm really excited. I didn't know he was going to preach on this, but Chris is actually going to talk about those scouts those scouts, um, next week or the following week, he's going to tell us a lot more about them because they're awesome. But in the short story, 12 scouts were sent out to the new land. 10 came back with a fearful report and two came back with a good report. So we're picking up in verse 25. The scouts, they picked some of its fruit and they brought it back to us. And they reported, the land the Lord our God has given us is indeed a good land. These were the two with the good report. But you, God is talking, Moses is talking to Israel. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and you refused to go in. So here they are, right up on the edge, just about ready to enter their promised land. And they're like, nope, not going in, not doing it. You complained in your tents. You complained in your houses. You complained in your cars. You complained on your couches. And you said, The Lord must hate us. That's why He's brought us here from Egypt to hand us over to the Amor- Amorites to be slaughtered. Where can we go? Our brothers, those 10 scouts, they've demoralized us with their report. It's their fault. They tell us the people of the land are taller and more powerful than we are, and their towns are large with walls rising high into the sky. We even saw giants there. Listen, God is looking for people who will give the good report, even when there are giants in the land, even when the walls are high around the city. He is looking for the people who will say, God's promises are yes and amen, and the goodness of God never changes, no matter what is happening on the other side of that river. Some of you are the 10. You've been given bad report after bad report, and you're the ones I've unfollowed on Facebook. Because we don't need to hear the bad reports. We need to hear the good reports of God's promises. But then Moses said to them, I said to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you, just as you saw him do in Egypt. Remember, he's already done it for you. He's going to do it again. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness, just as a father cares for his child. And now he has brought you to this place, to your living room, to your family to your home today. But even after all he did, you still refuse to trust the Lord your God who, listen, goes before you looking for the best places to camp. He's already gone ahead of you and said, I'll find the best place for you to set up camp, guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. When the Lord heard your complaining, he became very angry, so he solemnly swore, not one of you from this wicked generation will live to see the good land I swore to give your ancestors. Except Caleb, he will see this land because he has followed the Lord completely. I will give to him and his descendants some of the very land he explored during his scouting mission. Listen, your good report of the goodness of God becomes your inheritance. Your good report of the goodness of God becomes what you and your children inherit. And then this part breaks my heart. The Lord was also angry with me because of all of you. And he said to me, Moses, not even you will enter the promised land. Instead, your assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, will lead the people into the land. Encourage him, though. For he will lead Israel as they take possession of it. I will give the land to your little ones, your innocent children. You were afraid they would be captured, but they will be the ones who occupy it. As for the rest of you, now you turn around and you go back into the wilderness towards the Red Sea. So the one verse that really stood out to me, and it's what I wrote in my journal, and I want to remind you, when you're reading your Bible, always write down what God highlights to you. Even if it seems insignificant for right now, it's probably of the most significance down the road. This was the verse that he highlighted to me that I wrote down a year ago. I will give the land to your little ones, your innocent children. You were afraid they would be captured, but they will be the ones to occupy it. Your fear and disobedience will keep you from occupying the land God has for you. I remember thinking about this verse for quite a few weeks following that revelation that God gave me. And then I kind of forgot about it for a while. And if you're tuning in and you've tuned in the last few weeks and you're like, why is there always someone different preaching? Can they not make up their mind about who leads this church? (laughs) Yes, we can. Our minds are very made up. But here at Church 214, we believe that God has equipped and given the gift of communicating his word to many people. And so we share that responsibility. And that's why you'll see lots of different ones of us. There's 17 of us that share that responsibility. That's why you'll see different ones of us up here each week. And once a quarter, we have a teaching team meeting. And I know I've shared this with you before. But we all come together and we put up on a big whiteboard everything that God's been speaking to us as individuals and what we feel like he might be wanting to speak to us corporately. And so before those meetings, I always go through my journal and and say, God, what have you been saying to me over the last few months? What is it that you want me to bring to the table for our team this time? And once again, in my journal, this, this verse jumped off the page at me. It was highlighted to me. And so I added an idea of a series called Occupy, to our list of series ideas for the first and second quarter of 2020. This meeting was in October of 2019. See, we were all thinking about 307 Oak Street and beginning to maybe possibly occupy 307 Oak Street in maybe late April, maybe May. Maybe we could get in while we were doing this series called Occupy. So it seemed like the perfect series. And so we added it in to begin today, April 26, 2020. And I'm telling you all of this because I want to testify of God's faithfulness to us. And I want to remind you that he has not forgotten about us. He knows we are in a basement, live streaming on Facebook Live, and that you are all in your living rooms. See, I think it's actually the opposite of him forgetting about us. He knew exactly what we needed in this season. He knew exactly what would be happening in our world right now. He had already gone before us and found the best place for us to camp. And I believe that he is using this time, even this extension. For those of us that are in Illinois, you know, we're so frustrated this week to find out that we were going to go 30 more days. I believe he is even using this extension to remind us of who we are and whose we are. And it is not a coincidence that the first week we went under a shelter-in-place order, we started a series called Underground. It's also not a coincidence that today we start a series called Occupy. See, because I, I, I feel like the word Occupy maybe seems a little counterintuitive to what we all feel right now. Maybe a series called Trapped or or Closed would have been a little bit better. But God does not work according to our understanding. See, most places are not occupied right now but sit empty. Restaurants are empty. Hospitals are empty. Someone could explain that one to me. I would very much appreciate that. (laughs) Schools are empty. Stadiums are empty. Malls are empty. Please open up the malls again soon. Gas stations are empty. Offices are empty. Playgrounds are empty. Every mom out there is like, open the playgrounds. My children need to go play. Church buildings are empty. But what's occupied? Our homes are occupied. And I believe that this is intentional, and I believe it's for a very specific purpose. Let me be very clear. I do not believe that God caused the virus. The devil is here on earth to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He is here to isolate and cause confusion, and this is his work. But God will take anything and use it to turn our hearts back to him. And I believe that God is using this to bring us face-to-face with ourselves. To slow us down enough to really take a hard look at what we've allowed to occupy our lives. What have we allowed to occupy our time? What have we allowed to occupy our minds? What about our money? What about our worship? What have we allowed to occupy our marriages? What have we allowed to occupy our families? And can I tell you that after six weeks of shelter in place, last week was the first week that I began to have an understanding of the things in my life that I had allowed to occupy that needed to be shaken out. And so I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for 30 more days because God's got some work to do in me. So let me read this verse to you again. I will give the land to your little ones, your innocent children. You were afraid they would be captured, but they will be the ones to occupy it. I feel like this is another chance for us. This is a chance for us to realign some things in our lives, realign some things in our families. I feel like it's a reset. And God spoke very clearly last week to me regarding all of our families. And when I say family, I don't want you to box it into a blood family. Family can also mean spiritual family. You may be single, and this message is just as much for you as it is for a family with parents and kids. Listen to this. When I went back to read my journal entry from April one year ago, this is what I had written next to the verse. These were my words one year ago. We must live spiritually dangerous lives and allow our children to also. We must not live in fear, sheltering our children from knowing and walking in the power they have to overcome their enemy. Church, God is looking for a people full of faith, not fear and complacency. And he is giving us a new start. He is giving us a chance to live our lives sold out for his way. He doesn't want our show and our pretense anymore. He wants to occupy every part of our lives. I believe that he's asking us to start in our families. That's why he's allowed us to be called to our homes. He's saying, forget for a moment about all the busy world out there and all the things you're missing, and look in at what and who is occupying your home. Look first at yourself and say, God, are you occupying every part of me? And then look at your spouse and say, what unique perspective does my spouse have that I've missed all these years because I've been so busy building my own kingdom? What special talent does your son or daughter have that needs cultivating if you could just slow down long enough to give them some time and attention? What wisdom do your parents have to offer you if you would just stop for a minute and look them in the eye and listen? What things have we allowed to occupy our homes that have stolen the experiences of us meeting together with Jesus again and again? See, we've been given this chance to recognize this as a gift. Family was God's idea. He created it that way. He set up the structure of family way before any of us were ever here on the earth. He made us father, mother, son, and daughter. He sent Jesus down into a family structure with father, mother, brothers, and sisters. And remember, family isn't just blood relatives. God made us his sons and daughters, which makes us all siblings you think I have a big family? We all have such a big family. Jesus called his disciples his brothers and his sisters. So we have this rich and ancient history of family structure, but will we allow our families to be torn apart by fear or selfishness or insecurity? Will we allow our families to be kept from entering our promised lands together because of our idolatry or our pretense? See, those families should have experienced the promised land together. Instead, they were torn apart, and that opportunity was taken from them because their eyes were on the bad report and on themselves. But Deuteronomy 7.9 says this, he is faithful He is a faithful God who keeps his covenant to, listen, a thousand generations. And he lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. That means you and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and on and on and on and on for a thousand generations. Your decisions today affect a thousand generations. So you defeating the fear and the idolatry in your life today affects your offspring for a thousand generations. Listen, church, God is here and he is for you and he is for your family and he is giving us a fresh start. So what's God calling you to lay down? What is the Holy Spirit bringing to your mind right now that you need to repent of, that you need to walk away from? See, I believe you are in your living rooms for a reason. He has called you home to give you a fresh start today. What is he calling to you as a father or a mother or a son or a daughter? What is he calling your family to? What idols have kept your family from flourishing? So many things have been stripped from us, and we get a chance to evaluate everything in our lives. I bet your children are longing for it, and they don't even know what it is they're longing for. Because you've never taken the time to help them experience the presence of God in your home. Our homes need to be places where we encounter experiences with the Holy Spirit that forever mark us and change anyone who is there that is called family. I bet you're longing for it, and you don't even realize it either. So earlier, as I read a declaration over all of us, and Blake prayed, we knew that the Lord was going to do some supernatural work in some people. He had told me that. And you say, but how do you know it was the Lord, Heather? When you've followed Jesus and listened to his voice for a very long time, you know. You don't get the Lord's voice and the world's voice confused. So I thought, how how are you going to do that, Lord? It's going to have to be you because we're here and the band and I are here and you are all in your living rooms. So the only way that this is going to work is if the Holy Spirit translates through the screen into your home and he will do that because he is with you and he is with me he flows all around us he is ahead of us and behind us and beside us and all around us but i also knew that some of us would need a second chance to enter into the awkward we would need another opportunity to fall on our knees and submit our hearts to jesus For some of you, you wanted to and your pride just kept you from it. But Jesus wants to start right now occupying every part of your life in your homes. Because see, what happens then is that out of our families and out of our homes flows a river of love and peace and righteous living which transforms our world. And that is exactly what our world needs right now. And so I can't tell you exactly what this means for you. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But I can tell you this. As the band comes up and they're going to lead us into another moment of worship, if you feel something, act on it. Get on your knees. Apologize to your child. Confess a sin. Whatever the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do, do it. This season is changing all of us. And let's let the Lord occupy every part of our lives, every part of our marriages and our family. And I want to leave you with this from Deuteronomy 6. These are the commands, the decrees, and the regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. For you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Listen to this. This is for you listening right now. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made his vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it is a land with large and prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods that you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill of this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and serve only him. Thank you, Jesus.